Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, do you uh, do you do you feel bad yet for your hatred of Robert De Niro? Or no? I swear to God, man, you keep provoking me. <laughs> All right, let's get our focus back on something a little funnier. Please tell me you saw that Family Matters Lakers thing. Yes, I did. That was absolutely incredible. Unbelievably great. I think uh, Bet Online AG put that together, uh-huh. and uh, the first time I saw it, I legitimately had to stop what I was doing and walk away from my computer because I had tears in my eyes from <laughs> laughing so hard. It was so well done, like the superimposition of the faces, and they did Demarcus Cousins kind of dirty, but it was friggin' hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Alex Caruso's hair—that was the the highlight of it. They give yeah. the bald guy the Lionel Richie perm, you know. Like. <laughs> I also like JaVale McGee passing the ball and getting hit by a ball in the head. Like, for some reason, that just fits perfect. Uh, So I I, I grabbed that gif, and I'm going to use that throughout the year this year. But shouts to BetOnline AG. If you haven't seen that already, it's on both Pete and my timelines. It's incredible. you got to check it out. Just just great, great work all around there. Uh, Today's show, now that I've gotten Pete back back from from the depths of the Robert De Niro <laughs> conversation that we had uh we are going to kick off our player preview series that was really popular last year uh you guys really seem to enjoy that we're going to start this we're going to do this the same way that we did last year where we start at the top of the roster and work our way down and uh, and that means we're going to start with LeBron. Now, you know, some people are going to say, well, is, shouldn't Anthony Davis be at the top of the roster? Rob Palenka seems to want to make that case as well. But I think here, I mean, just with every team he's on, LeBron is going to be the impetus, right? He is going to be the driving force, the engine, the rudder, all of those things. Uh, you, you would agree with that placement? I would, and especially when that's your primary shot creator from the perimeter. I think in today's game, as talented as Anthony Davis is, and I think he does have that component for a big, for a guy his size, I do think your most important player is usually the guy who kind of makes it all happen from the perimeter, and that's LeBron. Yep. Uh, so just for a refresher uh, on how we did these last year, last summer, uh, we are going to start by looking back on the year that LeBron James had, especially relative to the uh, expectations that he had, the context under which he performed the way that he did. We are then going to look at improvements or, or things that we would like to see maybe differently from him individually in the second segment. And then in the final segment, we're going to talk about how those improvements fit into the team-wide concept. And, you know, in, in LeBron James's and, and even in Anthony Davis's cases, that's going to some of that is going to feature well how is the team going to fit around them right so right so we're gonna we're gonna amalgamate as much of this as we possibly can let's start though with lebron's season that was he his counting numbers are always going to be insane right 27.4 points per game uh eight and a half rebounds a game just a, just shy of eight and a half assists per game he is he is still lebron freaking james uh but one thing that that I think sticks with me about last season, I think some of this has to do with it, with his injury, was he tried to flip that switch and then couldn't. Like that's the that's what I'm going to remember the 2018 2019 of LeBron James for is that he tried to dig deep. He talked about playoff mode a bunch to the point where it became a running joke for me, and 
and that flip that that switch didn't flip. How are you going to remember 2018-2019? It's going to be a lost season in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I it's funny. My my answer regarding how. I view LeBron's season would have been different if you asked me this a couple of months ago. I've been working on a lot of videos and kind of going back with fresh eyes to see what he was last season and just what the team was in general. One of the things that really stands out is how difficult they made it on him both in terms of the personnel that they put around him yeah. and the scheme with a lot of bodies below the three-point line. That's actually a concern that I have about Vogel from watching some Vogel tape. Is he going to make the same mistake of having you know, two down screeners at the free-throw line and therefore you have at least four bodies in the paint? Or are, is he going to space the floor for LeBron and kind of build the offense around LeBron's ability to drive to the basket? In terms of personnel, you had teams – even one pass away helping off of shooters that they weren't afraid of to yeah. clog driving lane. And that turns a drive to the basket that could turn into a layup, a drive and dish to a big, a kick out for a three or even free throws for LeBron. It turns that into a 17 foot pull up because you've got that second guy there walling off LeBron when he would have beaten the guy on his own. Now the team is constructed a lot more along the lines of what LeBron, and we'll talk about this in the third segment, but um, I, I'm more positive about LeBron's last season. I, I think by the time he tried to flip the switch that the well was kind of poisoned with the Anthony Davis rumors yeah. and, and that That's a really it's – that, that that it may be outside factors like that. You know what I mean? So when I look back on LeBron's season from actually looking back on it and watching tape, I'm a lot more positive about it than if you asked me to say six weeks ago. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that's really important is, is, and this is why we try to, it's impossible and it's frankly stupid to try to, to try to analyze seasons just from an individual, individual standpoint, right? That context matters. And now, also, it's it's worth noting here that that well was poisoned in part by LeBron's own <laughs> agencies in in, sure. in that entire situation as yeah. well, right? And yeah. you know, all of these things when you're talking about LeBron more than just about any other player, not just in the NBA right now, but almost in NBA history, like you have to factor that extra stuff in as well. And you know, that extra stuff, I don't think he did all that well. I, 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 I <laughs> the quote that I remember. Uh, at the end of the season when he said something along the lines of like, oh, my my leadership was right on schedule and then I got hurt. And I'm like, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even sure. mean? And and I think and when we we'll talk about this when we talk, you know, when we get into the team wide concept here. Some of those things are going to be a lot better just by way of the situation around him. He doesn't have to force this idea of leadership among kids in the way that he had to last year. He doesn't have to. You already talked about the basketball fit and all that, and we'll get to that you know, a little bit later. But but the situation around him, I think, is going to be one that is 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 something that he's a lot more comfortable with. And and I think that's hugely important because at this stage of his career, he isn't the tide that rises, that, that, that lifts all ships, that just overcomes stupidity organizationally. And and I think the Lakers putting together a team that makes a lot more sense is going to make LeBron not just a better player, but also a better teammate. And I think that's that's you know, when I look back on his his year last year, that's something that he really fell back fell short with, in my opinion, was was acting as a, a positive teammate 
And I, I you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting back to some of those aspects of his game meeting my expectations. This was a point that I was going to get to in the second segment, but as long as we're here, mm-hmm. uh, this team is largely constructed in LeBron's image, right? Yeah. That was not the case with last year's team. And they tried to go, uh, hey, we don't want you to absorb all of the ball handling burden and swung that pendulum way too far in the other direction. And yeah. it was Ma- Magic Johnson largely making those decisions. Uh being that this is a team that he had a real heavy hand in constructing and and even Palenka was talking about how as he was putting the team together, he was on the phone with LeBron James and Anthony Davis a lot, mm-hmm. making sure that they were on board with what he was doing, which I think is a smart move. Yeah. And but with that, LeBron has to be able to lead this group this coming year in a way that may have been difficult for him to do that in a way he's, he's got veterans around him, right? He's got veterans and shooters and a second superstar. So any of the disconnect that may have existed between LeBron being this guy that all of the young kids idolized to now he's, it's more in line with, he's got a bunch of other vets and, and that fit what he does. And they're the guys that he wanted. So lead them. They're the guys that you wanted. I want to see him lead them. Yep. Absolutely. And, and, and there's value. Like I was thinking about this the other day when Palenka was talking about how he talked consistently and constantly to Anthony Davis when he was putting together this roster. And, and same goes for LeBron James is that now with all those guys, with all the guys that are on the roster, having heard that, they now know explicitly, not implicitly, and not in a fake way that I think we, we heard from LeBron a little bit last year. These guys now know explicitly that Anthony Davis and LeBron James want them there, and there's immense value in that. Yeah, and and the like the the catalyst for all of what those guys can do from an on court basis of LeBron last year. LeBron's still a bad dude, man. Yeah. LeBron still like those numbers. We can argue about if they're empty or not. Lakers were 20 and 14 when he got injured. They were the fourth seed in the West. Um, a lot of factors outside of the Anthony Davis trade drama and all of that. They had a lot of injuries. He had the first major injury of his career. That's probably my biggest concern going yeah. into next year. Can he stay relatively healthy? But if he can stay relatively healthy, he's still a, a bad dude, and he's looking like he's in great shape. Um, and so the the like first step to allow everything else to kind of fall into place, I still think he's got that in spades. Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick second. When we come back, we're going to talk about some things individually that, that LeBron can control himself personally uh, that he can get better at or, or, or maybe you know get back to doing. I don't know how we're, what, what kind of context we're going we're gonna to go in in this direction with because it's LeBron. But <laughs> the idea of like you and me telling LeBron, like, actually, you know what you can work on, <laughs> but we're going to try anyway. So hang tight. I think we have to start with the health here, right? Like this mm-hmm. is, and, and, you know, controlling your own health, like that's a really weird concept in and of itself. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if LeBron changes his approach to the game at all because of that injury that he had last year. Right now, he already he already is a genius in in terms of how he manages his his uh, energy expenditures, like out there on the court. Right, I, I think he's very he's one of the best I've ever seen in that regard. 
But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he goes in another step further in that direction. I was just listening to Simmons and Lowe, and this is the only situation where I really listen to Simmons' podcast uh, is because Lowe is on there. But they were talking about, like, the, the, the sheer number of minutes that he's played. And if you include the playoff minutes, he has now played as many minutes, like, more minutes than any other player in NBA history other than Carl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, that's just an insane amount of workload, right? And I think for me personally, how he manages that workload and how he manages his minutes, not just, you know, from a, from a tally number, but from, a, from the standpoint of how he handles himself out there on the court is going to be really interesting. How do you think, Pete, that he, can, that he can manage that kind of thing? Can he go another step further in managing the amount of energy that he expends out there on the court? I think the best thing that he can do is let Anthony Davis be the number one option for stretch for stretches of the game. Yeah. Now that's going to vacillate from night to night and come playoff time. I, I still expect LeBron to be the, the number one guy, but one of the ways that LeBron can conserve himself is by letting things flow through Anthony Davis and letting Anthony Davis do a lot of the heavy lifting. So that's going to be mean more cutting, more screening, more off ball type of stuff that yeah. is not, as taxing as him being asked to run the show. Now I'm concerned because Lakers don't have much in the way of perimeter creators beyond LeBron, but Anthony Davis is a unique enough talent to where he can be the centerpiece of what the Lakers do. And that's something that can change from possession to possession. Right. And, but let AD carry the team for most of the game. And if it's a close game and LeBron needs to turn up the gas in the last five minutes, so be it. But I would like to see him do that, and I'd like to exchange some of that for a little bit more defensive engagement. I think the Lakers are going to need him to be better than he was last year on the defensive end, specifically off of the ball. I still think he's a a very good on-ball defender. When you challenge LeBron, LeBron is going to rise to that challenge. It's being beaten for often rebounds by the Jake Diallos of the world because LeBron's standing there or not closing out to a corner three-point shooter because he's not mentally engaged that that's where he can hurt on the defensive end. I'd like him to be more engaged in that respect, and I think he can make up for that from a stamina point by relying more on Anthony Davis. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I also hugely agree. Now, this is where we get into some of the, the team, I guess, functionality, but Seeing LeBron set more screens this year would be really I, – I think it's one of the things that he's really going to have to do a lot of. Or or at the very least, like I think one thing that the Lakers are really going to miss from Lonzo Ball, aside from all of the very obvious things, was the, was the uh, – Roomba ball, right? The Roomba screen setter that he that he <laughs> sure, that, that sure. functionality. Because what it did is it forced a a switch onto LeBron that could not just be utilized by LeBron in, in that respect, right? Like if you if if a team was dumb enough to have a a point guard switch onto LeBron, well, he just took that straight into the post, and then that was over. That 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 possession was over. Uh, I, the Lakers are going to miss that. <laughs> that type of a situation here they're they're hugely going to miss that and and it's going to be interesting to see you know because the 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 one concern i have with lebron and ad pick and rolls is well they could just switch those teams can just switch and and be relatively okay there isn't a, a big enough size difference there and and one thing that you know i'm i'm hoping that lebron is open to doing is setting a few more screens 
for somebody like, you know, I, I hate to say this, but like Rajon Rondo or, or, or Alex Caruso or even Quinn Cook, who, who teams have to, to guard as he comes around the, the, the screen there, is if, you're, if, if LeBron operates as the screener there, that just it, it makes his life so much easier because now he has the ball already going downhill against a, a depleted defense. One of the things, and this is an area where I, like, it's not not bad from an overall perspective of how the roster is constructed, but some of the things that LeBron could do that are a little less taxing are big man type of stuff. Now, I don't mean like banging with opposing centers, but when he rolls off of a ball screen, whether it was off of Rondo or Alonzo last year, like he, as the role man, he's really good at that. Right. As he's, when he gets a triple threat touch 15 feet away from the basket, as you would give a a center or power forward in today's game. And he still has a live dribble. He's really dangerous out of that as both a scorer and as a passer. And he doesn't have to like, he, he can work work off of the ball much in the way that Michael Jordan did when he was older as Kobe did when he was older to get those triple threat touches. The problem is, is that the Laker front court is very big. And if Anthony Davis doesn't want to play a ton of five, that's going to mean a lot of AD at the four. Mm -hmm. He's going to mean, mean a lot of boogie and JaVale. And so LeBron gets to do fewer of those big man things that I think are more conducive to his game as he gets older. And even like LeBron's still really fast. He's still a great athlete. Like, I don't want to act like he's this, athletically washed up guy, right? He's still one of the better athletes in in, in the league. But a lot of the lower impact stuff, I think there are going to be other bits of personnel that are kind of in the way that prevent him from doing that as much. Yeah, that's where, you know, that's where Frank Vogel is just going to have to step up and be the leader of men, right? Like, he's going to have to convince Anthony Davis, no, this is, here's all this data that shows how much better we are with you at the five than you at the four, right? Here's all this, LeBron, here's all this data where that shows us that how much better we are when you are at the four versus when you're at the three, right? That that's it's going to be huge, and how he handles that is going to be fascinating. Uh, the, the, also, real quick, yeah, how how much how much the Lakers want to play into what Anthony Davis wants as a guy who's not locked up on a long term contract? Like, yeah. if AD doesn't want to play a ton of five, like we could want him to be there, and he said he'll do it mm-hmm. as long as it's you know he wants to do it on a on a spot type of basis. But you know how much to what degree did the Lakers make decisions like we don't want to be like well tough you're going to play five anyway to a guy that is absolutely central to their future so it's kind of something that like we may want it one way but it may be the smarter thing long term to play into that even if short term it's not as good yeah i agree we're uh we're already kind of sort of leaking into the team-wide team construct conversation anyway so we're just going to take a quick second when we come back we're going to pick up right where we right right where we left off I want to get back to the to the leadership aspect of this, right? And I think we're already starting to see it. I, I, now we already saw it. I think like the, the the whole number thing. Now it fell through because Nike had some stupid rule that I I still frankly do not understand even a little bit. But that I think spoke volumes of of I, where where LeBron is. He's heard all this stuff about, you know, Paul George has burned him twice. Kyrie Irving at, demanded to trade away from a LeBron team. Kawhi Leonard didn't want to play with LeBron. Kevin Durant went on the record and said that playing alongside LeBron seems like a big headache because of the media circus that that follows him around. The the 
the leadership aspect and, and LeBron's approach to leadership, I think, came under legitimate attack over the last couple of years. And, you know, I think he's responded in, in the only ways he could about as well as he could this year. And, you know, just as, as valuable as, as he'll be as a screen setter or as a as somebody who is willing to allow Davis to be the number one op- option for stretches of the game, like that stuff is cool and all. But if but if he takes a step forward as a leader and as a teammate, I, that to me is is immensely more valuable, even while it's a lot less <laughs> tangible than anything that he can do from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. So then it becomes a question of how does he do that? Yeah. And in my mind, I want LeBron to be a man on the on a mission this year. Yeah. He is in the conversation for the best to ever do this. Right. And we can talk about specifics and X's and O's and, and all of that. A take no prisoners type of LeBron. Like this would be the most impressive championship that he's won. He, he yes. does not have he does not have that third star, right? Like maybe Kuzma can grow into that. Danny Green is is a quality player. Maybe Boogie bounces back health-wise. But the other championships he's won has been with an all-star in Kevin Love, has been with an all-star in Chris Bosh, guys who are already established as that. And so hopefully somebody can make that leap. But as of now, the Lakers do not have an all-star caliber third option. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how it's going to look, but I would be willing to bet that LeBron James's prime does not end with a whimper. Yeah, that he's going to be the type of dude, and if he is that dude, if, if he, he can is, control it, because like there are some things that he can't well, control. Look, if he gets hurt, right? That, yeah. That's that's something. But uh, that's and that's a good point. But of the things that he can control, he needs to be a man on on a mission this year. And to me, it's more about leadership by example, which is that mental engagement, putting his foot on the gas a little bit earlier in the season than he did last season, mm-hmm. uh, getting in great shape, which it looks like he's doing that. But I'd be willing to bet money that LeBron doesn't go out with a whimper. That doesn't mean that he does, that the Lakers win the championship this year. But I think with all of the stuff you were saying about him hearing all of the criticism and all of the, you know, you came to L.A. to make movies, you got your third star, you got your shooters, you got role players that you played a part in in getting there a heavy hand in that and you've got the most amount of time off that you've had in like a decade Mm -hmm. this is if lebron if lebron wins the title that that is the crown jewel in his i'm the best to ever do this argument with this team if he wins it with this team so my expectation is just that like there's a force to guys like that. Kobe had this where I am dragging all you MFers with me down this path, and we're going to do this. But there's a certain umph to it, a force, a, a, a power, that an un- indomitability, unstoppable yeah. nature to it that if he still has that, the time to show it is now. I, I completely agree. It's one of my favorite things about this roster in particular. That there's a lot. The three most talented players on this roster, I, I would argue, are, are obviously LeBron, Davis, and then Boogie is is in theory the most, the third most talented guy on this team. All three of those guys have legitimate questions that they are trying to overcome. Like I think this is going to be the theme of of the season. Is oh no no. Don't call it a comeback, been here for years kind of thing, right? Where where LeBron is saying, all right, well, I didn't make the playoffs last year. There's a lot of people who are questioning, hell, I was I was really interested. I, I care I could care two shits about 
uh, NBA 2K ratings. I don't I don't care about that at all. But I was interested to see like are they going to take that step forward and put Giannis ahead of LeBron this year? Are they like cuz cuz you can make that argument, right? It's a, it's a, it's a very fair argument. Uh, I don't think they did, right? I think they're either tied or or LeBron is like a a point ahead of Giannis, but I think that's probably going to switch by the end of the year. But, you know, I I think like there's there's questions about LeBron. Anthony Davis's name was drugged through the mud all year last year because and and now again by his own volition, right? By his own actions, that was something that 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 he kind of played into as well. DeMarcus Cousins has legitimate questions about him, and and those three guys, like I, it's 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 this is one of those years where you find out a ton about those guys' mentalities. Is all right. This is this is all the criticism, and some of it is legitimate. How are you going to respond? And 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 you know, for all three guys, Demarcus Cousins is going to be a full year removed from the Achilles injury. Anthony Davis is hugely rested. I think he played in fifty something or, or sixty something games. No, not even sixty games last year. Uh, LeBron last year played in fifty something games. Didn't make the playoffs. This is a, 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 about as good a situation as those guys could ask for. In a season where they have to prove all these doubters wrong, and I think it's all going to start with LeBron. Like how he sets that tone is going to be is going to go a long way in deciding how everybody else responds behind him. When you give a great person something to prove, good things usually happen yeah. out of that. And both LeBron and Anthony Davis are in a position where they've got something to prove to the basketball world, and I think the Lakers stand a benefit from that. Yeah. Uh, for- Basketball wise, from from a team perspective here, we've talked about, you know, some of the screen setting. We've talked about handing some of the creative duties over to, to Davis over the course of the game. Is there anything else from from LeBron that you can think of that you'd like to see him tweak or get better at? Like, for example, I don't know if come fourth quarter time, I want to run just solely high pick and rolls from LeBron at the top of the key every single possession down the stretch. I would like to see a little bit more creativity, and I'd like to see a bit, a little bit more openness from LeBron in that respect just to, just to change the angle of attack. Anything like that you can think of? I mean – that's some I've always wondered about that, why the game bogs down so much in yeah. in-game situations. And I'm not talking where you're managing the clock and running a shot clock down to five yeah. seconds because you've got the lead. I mean, just, you know, the last three minutes of a close game, why does it bog down? It, that just kind of is how it is. I, I don't know why it is. So I do expect it to mostly be those two-man game type situations. Mm-hmm. Um his three-point shooting needs to go back up to where it was a year or two ago. He shot 33.9% last year of, of many Lakers who shot below what they did the, the year before. And he, uh, so if he can get back up to the 35, 36, can he capitalize on catch and shoots that Anthony Davis, like mm-hmm. he's going to draw the second guy. He's, he's got a guy who finally has a guy, at least on this iteration of the team, who's going to draw the second defender. Can LeBron capitalize on AD's shot creation? And then it's a simple, thing but he gets there so often that it matters is his free throws yeah he shot a career low percentage was drifting to his left far too often on uh on those free throws and he's much better when he's leaning forward or or standing up straight so uh you know he's going to be a guy who gets to the line that is the lakers calling card is to be really punishing down in the paint with LeBron, AD, and Boogie now. And so if he's getting to the line eight to 10 times a game, he needs to be back up in the mid-70s rather than, or, you know, 73, 74% rather than the 66% that he shot this year. Because over the course of a season, that's really going to matter. How about you? 
I, I completely, I mean, there it's inarguable. There's no way to disagree with, please shoot better, <laughs> right? But uh, I would also add, so I don't expect the Lakers to run very often this year. I, you know, as you said earlier, this team was built in, in LeBron's image. He wants to walk the ball up the court. He wants to be efficient in the half court and all that. But I do still think they're going to have to find ways to, get a couple easy buckets per game and and a lot of times that happens in transi- transition and so when the Lakers do run it's kind of like uh, did you watch the Roger Federer and, and Jokovic match over the weekend yeah I I, lo- I watched the last set so once it was tied 6-6 I watched the last couple games of it but not the whole thing well one of the things that Federer I thought handled really really well there was he I mean the 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 com- analogy to running out in transition in tennis is charging the net right uh and 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 making those shots as easy as possible for you but you don't want to do it a ton and because it expends so much energy and i thought roger federer did a phenomenal job of judging when to charge the net and made him a lot more efficient in those moments i think lebron here is going to have to to figure out a way even while he probably doesn't want to do it a bunch the best way to to not do it as much as you don't want to is to be efficient in those moments and and that's something you know he's always been incredible in transition and stuff and the free throws play into that hugely but that's something that i really have my eye on is how how efficient are the lakers going to be in transition yeah, that's a great point. And last year, the Lakers were one of the most frequent transition teams, but one of the least efficient on right. transition possessions. Now, position, transition possessions are efficient, even if you're one of the worst teams in the league. It's one of the best play types you can you can have. I suspect that that's going to flip in that the Lakers aren't going to run a ton, but they're going to be incredibly efficient when they yeah. do, because you've got LeBron is still fantastic in that, and he is going to be opportunistic, if nothing else. And you've got... Two great rim runners now in Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee. And then you've got those guys like that's one of Danny Green's best three point shots is when he can step into a three in transition that, you know, LeBron drives like a, you know, like a bat out of hell to the basket, collapses the defense, kicks it out to Green, who's going to hop into that three and nail that over half of the time. He makes that shot almost over half of the time. And so when you combine those factors, I think they're going to be very efficient at it when they do, even when, and when you combine it with the other good shooters, your Quinn cooks, your KCP is okay at these. Avery Bradley was like a 40% shooter on those wide open threes. So they've got the personnel to take advantage of that. So they might not do it as often, but I think they're going to be really good when they do. Yeah. I've said it a few times and, and, and I'll repeat it basically till the season starts, but there are so many fascinating storylines to watch. There's the parody, the league-wide parody that we're seeing uh, uh, throughout the NBA, the the wild pairings and the duos that we see throughout the NBA, the Lakers-Clippers crosstown rivalries is going to be fascinating to watch unfold. But But to me, the number one theme I'm looking forward to next year is this is that last punch. LeBron has a haymaker left in him, I think. And him firing off that haymaker to me is going to be the most fascinating thing to watch this upcoming NBA season. I can't wait to get it started. Hell yeah, man. He's like I said earlier, that like a dude like that is not going to go out with a whimper. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's end this thing here. Uh, this was the first of our series. We have a couple series that we're actually going to get ready for you guys. So we have this player preview series that we're going to go through the entire roster for, or or at least you know 
big players individually and then sections and segments of the roster. I don't think you guys really need like a Troy Daniels individual preview. But <laughs> sorry, Troy. But but I I, I do think we're we're, we're going to do that. And then uh, another preview that that hit me last night at about two thirty is we're going to do. Uh, we're going to break down the matchup between the, the various title contenders that the Lakers are going to be competing against. So that'll be fun as well. This is these are the kinds of things you can do when you're going to, when you know you're going to cover a really good team. Like that. <laughs> I can't wait, man. It's, it's uh, the first time for both of us, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. So uh, this was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this. More of these to come. Thank you guys very much for tuning in to this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.